You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith, episode 95. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and help hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk. Today, my guest is Amanda Walker, and Amanda is from WA Homestays. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, Kathy. So today we're going to be talking about how important it is to stick to your values, even if it means forsaking short-term profits. So maybe if you start by telling us what WA homestays are, and for our international audience, that is Western Australia, not Washington, and how you got to be on Small Business Talk. Certainly. So WA Homestay started in around March 2018. We saw an opportunity to create a local booking platform that was fair for both owners and guests and gave back to the local community in Western Australia. We have owned a holiday home in Quindalup, which is in the southwest, and felt that the international booking platform's uh, fees for guests were getting too high and their customer service was slipping. So we saw an opportunity to enter the market, but uh, we didn't want to uh, spend a fortune on it. So we had to work out how to do it in a bootstrapped manner, uh, and we managed to do that and get our site up and running and currently have... 280 properties listed on our platform and uh, guests are obviously making reservations. So it's been uh, encouraging so far. Well done. And, yes, taking on the, the big boys, one of the topics we did sort of play with was David and Goliath. So no doubt we'll um, hear a little bit more about that as we go along. So let's talk about values and why sticking to them, even if it does mean forsaking profits, is the best way to go. So when we were starting up WA Homestay, we had to speak to a lot of stakeholders in the short-term accommodation space. And down south, that includes bed and breakfasts and farm stays, and they're locals that operate their businesses down there. And there was a lot of angst against unregistered holiday homes uh, in the area. They felt they were taking their profits away and that they weren't regulated enough. And they were hurting, and I could see their hurt. And I started to think about, you've got examples like in Venice where it's become a shell, a city where it's been overrun by short-term accommodation. There's hardly any locals that live on the island. And really locals are the lifeblood of holiday destinations. And I didn't want that happening in WA. So although I love short-term accommodation, I've got a family of five, so having three children in a hotel room just doesn't work. I wanted to do it in a sustainable fashion, and that meant only allowing homes that were registered appropriately with the local council should list on our site. And it meant we had to reject people along the way and reject business. And as a startup, that's really hard to do. And I think that's definitely the way to go because being in web design, of course, that's also unregulated. And you get people with all sorts of skills and people that may or may not be doing the right thing by their customers. So by having people that are following the rules and are regulating, then hopefully that will help to protect your customers as well. The other thing, of course, 
is why would you pay all those fees if you can get the similar service without doing it? So that would become a watered down of that ability to have those fees and have that regulation. So I think it's very important to make sure that people are sticking within the rules. Absolutely. And I think homeowners and accommodation providers were a little bit shocked about a hard line. They'd been used to just a tick the box exercise. So some of these bigger international booking platforms will ask you when you're listing your property, are you compliant with all local regulations? And all you have to do is tick the box and continue on. However, in reality, a lot of them aren't. So when you actually have a local organisation that's working with local councils to ensure that you can't just tick a box, you actually have to be appropriately registered. There was a bit of shock, but I believe it's the right thing to do for several reasons. You know, the sustainable tourism is one ensuring that there's a certain standard of accommodation that is provided on our site is something I'm really proud of. We don't have the cowboys. We've got people that have done the right thing, ticked the right boxes with council and have the amenities to service the number of guests that they're advertising for. So it helps ensure a quality standard as well. But what I didn't realise is the long-term benefits of holding on to those values. So although the short-term loss was that I didn't have every property that approached us list, it opened up a lot of avenues in terms of marketing and exposure that I hadn't counted on at the very start. And I think that's what values do. Once people realise that you are values-driven and you will stick to them, is that's the, the difference it can be. Like I say, for us, we won't list a competitor to one of our current clients and we won't even list somebody who's in that same category whereas a lot of other people do and people have said to me well we come and use you for exactly that reason so that's why people are using your platform the other thing you touched on is consistency and myself having had young children who have now grown we used a a lot of home stay type situations and some of them were wonderful Others you got there and there was just really odd things missing. Um, We went to one in Fremantle, which is in in the southern um, area of WA on the coast here in Western Australia, and it didn't have a toaster. It had all these fancy toast-making machines, but it didn't have a simple toaster. So for small children, toast is important. And, yeah, we've had lots of other different little incidents where the consistency is just not there. So sticking to your values and making sure that they do have a a certain standard is very, very important for any kind of business to make sure their customers know that if they go to different properties or different departments or even different branches, that they will get that consistency. Absolutely. And, you know, you put your brand on it, don't you? Because if you're not standing for something and you're just accepting every dollar that walks through the door, you're not being true to yourself or your business. So, yes, it served us well. Or your customers either. No, absolutely. And even, you know, if you want to stretch it, it's this idea of the integrity of the business owner. And, you know, you go through the marketing courses and they say it's not so much about the product you're selling, it's how people relate to you as a person. And I didn't realise how important that was until, you know, you're in the midst of it and you're you're wondering why people are following you on the startup journey when you make the mistakes as all startups do. But they continue on. It's the relationships and the fact that they can see you're authentic and you and when you say something or you're standing for a particular value, you go through with it. Yes, and it's how you make them feel. So they feel that they are coming on that journey with you. They feel that they're helping you out, which is why getting your customers involved in marketing and new product launches and 
even just branding decisions, things like that can really build a loyal tribe because it is that being part of it. You make me feel good. You make me feel like I'm part of it. So why would I go to a different booking platform? Absolutely. And it can also align you with unlikely conspirators, if you want to, for a better word, in that, you know, you can't make everyone happy in business. However, if you're sticking to a certain value point and they can see your integrity, it can open up doors and relationships with people of like values that you had maybe have thought wasn't going to be a successful business partnership but you find common ground and then you can move forward. So, for example, the Tourism Council of WA, heavily represented with the AHA um, on their board, uh, and that's the Australian Hotel Association for your international guests. So they are not overly keen with self-contained accommodation, which is what we, we do. However, the fact that we're only allowing registered homes to list, there is that concession of, well, you're actually doing the right thing. You're not allowing every man and their dog to list a property. You're actually only allowing registered properties to list and we recognise that tourists want other options rather than a hotel room and therefore there's an understanding between us where there may not have been had I not done what I, you know, stuck to my values. And that also then gives them the opportunity to be a referrer because sometimes it's a case of their hotel might be completely booked and they've got a regular client or somebody who it might be part of a a company or something that they look after. And they don't want to let them down by not getting them somewhere, but they physically have no room. So by being able to know that properties on your site are to a certain standard, they are all registered, that they do have a values match, then sometimes that might be an option for them to actually refer out to that situation. So yeah, those partnerships can be not only made, but be very beneficial to both sides. Yes, it's been surprising the number of doors that have opened. I think we also had a little bit of luck in just the changing sentiment of uh, travellers' options. So there's been a a massive rise in demand for short-term accommodation even before COVID. And since COVID, obviously, people are wanting um, to retain social distancing while still holidaying and self-contained accommodation allows you to do that. However, the governments are wanting to keep control of it for exactly the reasons why we are only allowing registered homes to list. So government inquiries are happening around Australia. WA's had theirs last year. And I was able to talk to the committee, orally present as well as a written submission. And that helps as a startup and as a, it being part of the industry, standing up and saying, well, it is doable to only allow registered homes to list. And although the international booking platforms may not be doing it yet, it's not unreasonable to ask them to do so because you've already got someone local that's doing it. Yes, definitely. And for our international guests, although Australia has been hit with COVID like most other places, Western Australia being a long way away from everywhere else with a big desert in the middle, we have been able to keep our external borders locked down So not allowing a lot of travel from the eastern states, but within Western Australia itself, we have been almost the whole time being able to travel. So people that would normally be travelling overseas or interstate are not able to do that at the moment. So they are utilising services like Amanda's because they still have their time off, they still want to get away, they don't want to stay home and they can travel within the state. So most of the traditional hotel motel style accommodations have been booked out for months which is why the the big increase in the homestays 
and making sure that they are actually registered because everybody's thinking, well, I've got a room or I've got a vacant unit. What, why don't I look at doing homestays? But as we're discussing, you do need to be registered and you need to make sure that you are maintaining those standards. That's right. So values is really important. What do you think for our listeners, a couple of key values that they should be thinking about in their business and making sure that they are letting their customers know that they do follow those kind of values? I find it really interesting and I might get in trouble here, but from what I have seen in my business journey and through speaking to other entrepreneurs, As a general stereotype, it appears that uh, men in business value profit and as much profit as possible. However, females tend to hold values overall in as high a regard as profit. Now, you need to make profit in business, otherwise it's a hobby. But for women in particular, as a stereotype, it seems important to make sure that your values align with your profit level. So I would say that the tides are changing. And I think overall around the world, we are seeing, for example, there was a situation with one of the mining companies in WA just recently that got a lot of publicity for possibly following profit over values. There was a big backlash uh, to that. And I think people are starting to talk with their wallet and wanting a more value-based organisation. They want people that actually care And I think they're actually looking to give more business to companies that stand for something and don't waver their values just for a profit line. And it's something that I'm experiencing with our business. We are seeing an increase in demand. And I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that they know we have some standards that we have kept to, even though it would have been easier to accept everything that came through the door. And I think it's a worldwide movement. So I think if you're not staying true to your values, it's no longer just a mission statement on a website. I think customers are actually wanting to see those values uh, in place within the organisation. Yes, 100%. I don't quite agree with your men over profit. Maybe I'm just lucky being a values-based business also that most of our male clients definitely are values-based. So maybe that's a um, law of attraction. But um, yeah, definitely portraying and showing that values base appears to be more easy for women. And I guess it's talked about a lot more for women as well. Although, yeah, we we do have some absolutely wonderful clients that are definitely values-based, which is where one of our own values came from about not picking up other people in geographical areas in the same categories because this gentleman had actually experienced that with somebody else. And we said, no, we definitely wouldn't be doing that. And yes, multiple years down the track, he's still a client and still happy with us. So I think there's definitely values based for a lot of businesses, but some people don't express it quite as well as others. And I think with COVID, that's become a a huge thing is we are going back to some of those grassroots and looking at community and values and different ways to do things. I mean, even as we record this over a similar platform to Zoom, a few years ago, one, it wouldn't have been possible. And even six, 12 months ago, people were saying, oh, can't you come and see me? Whereas now Zoom and all these other similar platforms 
are just the the normal way to do business and sometimes even people prefer that so it's interesting that changing times that COVID has certainly bought and that the pandemic has made people really reassess those values yeah absolutely and just to clarify uh had many uh, positive business relationships with men who are extremely value-based. I'm talking uh, the hierarchy, the board structures where you've got um, an underrepresentation of females and diversity, which means that there is a, a lack of possible accountability for different views. And when something happens in an organisation on a top level, there's less uh, pushback when you're surrounded with people of a similar age and a similar gender. But I think the tide is changing. I think people are looking for more options and that value-based leadership, which you can see throughout the, some of the, even the bigger corporations, they're trying to really push in their advertising. Because as you said, through COVID, people are wanting some trust. They're wanting um, some integrity. They want to be told the truth and they want to feel safe and just having an organisation that puts profit before everything is not going to make them feel safe. Having an organisation that has values and sticks to their values lets them know exactly where they stand and they can trust that. And I think that's what we're seeing more and more of emerging. So that would be my tip is to be true to your values and the short-term profit that you might make by sidestepping it is not worth the long-term gain that might be opened up to you as a business. So true. And years ago, of course, that the values weren't as high. So people would just put in contingency plans. They would fraught the law or go very close to it and then be prepared to pay the fines and go, oh, well, it's happened now. There's nothing we can do. Whereas that's just not cutting it anymore. We really do need to be looking at, okay, we're getting way too close So what are the conditions that we can change? What are the things that we can do? Or like you say, do you just have to plain say no? That that does not align with our value. It does not align with where we're going, our mission. And sorry, but you're not right for us. And I think that's becoming more and more prevalent and evident over the last few years. Absolutely. And I think the social media revolution has meant that there's a level of transparency that hasn't been there previously. People are connected in ways that we wouldn't have even imagined back, say, in the 80s, the golden 80s, you know, with the long lunches and, and, you know, corporate, uh, what would you say, they they were having fun um, back then in the boardrooms. I think there's more accountability because people are seeing it and they want people to be accountable for it. And if they if they feel like they smell something fishy, there are avenues for them to out their corporation. So, you know, my, one of my favourite things is integrity happens uh, when no one's watching. And it's so true. Uh, and even in small business in a startup like my own, you know, there had been opportunities where I could so easily have just said yes, and no one else would have known apart from me. But something stops you. And I think that gut, you know, deep down, in your gut, whether you are chasing the dollar or whether you're actually staying true to your moral compass or the values of your business. And I would suggest that the better option is to to stay true to that. Yes, definitely. And if you have to double guess or double check, then I think you, you've already made your answer before you go the second time. 
I always find it interesting when you see a, a comment pop up on social media of, of somebody that you've perhaps commented on and you may know this person but you didn't know that that person knew that person so our, our six degrees of separation I think is getting down to about one or two it's certainly shortening the extension curve now that we've got different options for social media it's not just the the big two there's a lot of different ones now so yeah we're more connected than we realize I think And, you know, it's that connection that we were banking on as a small startup in Western Australia. The community is even smaller here than the normal six degree separation. And reputation is everything. And if you're not providing good customer service, word gets around. But vice versa, if you are providing good customer service, whispers start to come back. A part of that is being value led. People will know if you are working in a small community and you want to break into a marketplace make sure that you are walking the walk because you can't you don't get a second chance in a community like western australia everybody knows each other and especially in the accommodation space it's a tight community compared to other areas of the world we've got a relatively small population so certainly just make sure you're walking the walk at all times yes because we've seen those images of people doing strange things on their time off and unfortunately that does get captured now so it's very important to remember that even if you're not an influencer you still are in a public space and you get caught on that that one thing that you've done maybe is not quite as value-led as you'd like so of course you you need to be careful yeah and I think people like genuineness and now I'm not saying I'm a saint far from it um but If you're genuinely a good and nice person, people see that and, you know, uh, look, I'm so pleased that my younger years was uh, without social media and (laughs) I was able to learn learn the hard way through School of Hard Knocks through that period without having the spotlight on me. And I, I don't think you have to be a saint, but I think if you're genuine and if your business says you're only going to, if you're going to promote sustainable tourism in an area or you're going to be environmentally aware and only have sustainable products on your market line then I don't think say for a business that has sustainable products I don't think you can justify if you use a sweatshop to make those sustainable products it doesn't sit with your core values so and the same with sustainable tourism you know it might be easy to take bed and breakfast that has a side hustle with a holiday home that's not quite registered. Now, you know that bed and breakfast operator is doing the right thing. They're registered there and you could get away with using the same license for the holiday home. But, you know, deep down, it's not actually registered. And so you make the decision not to. There's just, as in business, there are always all these micro decisions that you have to make. But I think if you trust your gut, uh, you go a long way to, to being on the right path. Absolutely. And if you're consistent and you're putting as much as possible the same rules out for everybody, then that's definitely going to to make it better. And remember, delete button is not always delete. So if you are doing those silly things and having that moment of being a little bit crazy or whatever, make sure it's not filmed and don't post it on your social media because even though you've deleted it, somebody might have screenshotted it or it might have gone somewhere else, or there's lots of different ways that it can get out there even when you do think you're deleting. 
And absolutely. And even in the corporate world, we see it where those emails that they think they've buried to cover tracks because they knew deep down it wasn't the right thing to do, all of a sudden pop back up when there's uh, some heat on the situation. It, the easiest way to, to stop the scandal is just not to do it in the first place, isn't it? Yes. If you're honest and you're true to yourself and you do have that values, then yeah, you don't have to remember what you've said because you're running the same line for everybody. So a liar's got to have an exceptionally good memory and most people don't. So just do the right thing and you'll be fine. And authenticity is great. We all like to deal with people that we like. And unfortunately, some people won't like you and that's okay. They're not your people. Just because somebody says no, maybe no is just not now. I'm not ready now. But if they genuinely don't like you, that is okay. Not everybody likes an apple. Not everybody likes a peach. But a peach doesn't try to be an apple and an apple doesn't try to be a peach. Don't try to be something you're not. Just be genuine to your values as a person as well as your business. I think you're 100% right there, Kathy. because when you start trying to pivot to please everyone, you please no one. And then you start watering your own values down as well because you've lifted a bit this way to make that fit for this person and then you've flipped over the other way to make that and yeah you end up at the end of the day not quite knowing what your values are make them true keep them true to you and stick to them okay so this has been a wonderful chat amanda is there anything else that you think that small business people should be thinking about to do with values don't underestimate the power of value in your long-term success for me as a small startup I've had newspaper articles written about sustainable tourism and why I'm choosing to only allow registered homes to list. I've had radio interviews. I've been able to speak at the government inquiry, write a written submission and been awarded business awards based on the fact that is a point of difference. The short-term profit is so enticing as a startup. However, my experience has been that the long-term gain far outweighs the monetary gain that I would have had at the start of this journey had I not stuck to what I felt was right in relation to the tourism space and where I saw the writing on the wall in terms of the government inquiry and how the market was going to shift in terms of further registration for that. So don't underestimate being a good person. Uh, I think it takes you a long way in business. Perfect. And people will always remember the quality and the, and the consistency a long time after they'll remember the price. So if people are interested in looking for short-term accommodation or looking to be registered on your platform, where would they find you, Amanda? wahomestay.com.au for your international travellers. We can't wait to have you back in WA and for the interstate. Uh, What a crazy year 2020 has been, but uh, the tourism operators here are waiting and the natural beauty is uh, something to behold. So come on over when you can. We certainly do live in the best part of the world in our opinion. So yeah, come and have a sticky beat. Okay, at this point of the podcast, we ask five final questions. Are you game, Amanda? Bring it on. What is the best advice you've had given to you by a mentor? Oh, there's so much. I think just keep swimming, (laughs) never give up. And uh, a no is not necessarily a fully closed door. Uh, Relationships are everything. 
Yes, most definitely. And with your swimming comment, stay in your lane. So I think that really boils down to what we're talking about today. What is the biggest help you've had since starting your business? Perspective. I was lucky enough to meet someone in the startup game very early on who told me to buckle in for five years. And I said to this person, uh, Charlie Gungingham is his name, lovely man in the startup community. I said, I've got three kids, Charlie. I don't want it to be five years. I want success before then. And he said, mark my words, it will be five years. And I think he's going to be pretty much spot on. It's not a quick and easy ride, this one, but uh, I can see progress being made. And uh, I think I'll be having a champagne at the end of the five years. And well worth it when you get that far and well beyond as well. What is the one thing that you have to do every day, your non-negotiable? Go for a walk uh, to free my creativity. For a while there, I was so business focused and I wasn't able to see past the trees. But since I've started walking again, and sometimes with TED Talks or whatever else going on in my brain or in my headphones, it gives me perspective. So that has helped hugely. What is your favourite business book and why? Atomic Habits. Loved it. Ah, we've had that one before. Yeah. It, it's it. interesting that we're, we're getting some of them several times over and then we'll get one that we've not heard of or I've not even heard of pop up. Atomic Habits. Excellent. What do you wish you had known before you started out? How mentally tough it was going to be. I don't think a little bit like raising children, people say it's going to be hard and you don't really realise how hard until you're in it. There's no way you can prepare for the roller coaster that startup world if I'd been able to give myself a little bit of pre-warning on that one, that would have been good because I tell you the highs are highs and the lows are crushingly low. But just like bringing up kids and childbirth, you'd never do it if you knew what was involved. So it's probably not something you actually need to know. (laughs) Yes, definitely. People say, um, what's the best age for a child? Well, they all have different challenges and and different joys so yeah just enjoy the ride and go with the moment absolutely and I think part of the success with startup especially is when you start to realize that the imperfections are okay when you start to be okay with those little failures and realize that that's just part of the journey And sometimes they're not failures, they're just learning exercises. And without that learning exercise, you wouldn't be able to modify, fix it and move it on to the next one. We do need to have those learning moments, but we also need to get through them. Absolutely. So I really appreciate your time, Amanda. Pleased that we were able to chat and good luck with your platform. Looking forward to the, the five years going past and then seeing where it goes from there. Well done for being the the David in the Goliath battle. Thank you so much for your time, Kathy. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au forward slash downloads for all the show notes and links to this episode. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action and SBT community, enjoy your journey.